All right, you may be seated. If that doesn't make you want to have a Pentecostal Baptistic shout, nothing will. Woo! That's good stuff. Thanks, guys. Let's give the band another hand, all right? Great stuff. Uh, just want to say uh, thanks to everybody for last week. Uh, Brother Mike and Debbie, uh, last week did a great job. Yeah, amen. Appreciate It's nice to have a, another preacher. I got this so I don't go over. I have a great message today. It was good for me anyway. But uh, I don't want to go over by too much. But uh, Brother Mike stepping up, Debbie, and, and then all of you guys stepping up and taking taking time out of your schedules to help set up, tear down, and just fill in the gaps because there were several people gone last week. So so all of you, I mean, literally, we have almost everybody in our church does something. We have 77% of you guys in small group. Isn't that good? I mean, just fantastic. That That's an unheard of thing. So you guys are great. So those of you that didn't show up last Sunday night to my small group, <laughs> you signed up, make sure you're there tonight, all right? We're going to continue a series that we started a couple weeks ago, last time we were together, on hindrance. Now, um, it sounds like a negative message, but uh, we don't want you to take it negative because we want to talk about getting rid of the things that hinder us. Can I hear an amen? Get rid of that stuff that just kind of bogs us down. Uh, last week, uh, first of all, we talked about uh, specific hindrances in our lives and this series, about two more messages, three, it's, it's built on a couple of big ideas. And the first one is this, that God is always working, okay? He never stops. We talked about this last, last time we were together, John uh, five seventeen. you know, that God is always working and so do I. And so God is always doing good things in our lives. He's always just pouring out blessings uh, in us and through us. And the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 19 or 17, it says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of life. So all the wonderful gifts in the world, God is involved with. All right? So all, all the amazing things that go on in our world, God's involved with. But here's the most amazing idea. Now, I never knew that when I first got saved. I was kind of thought that God came down and talked to me a little bit. Then he went back to heaven and he got involved in other people's lives a little bit here and there. And God was absent from my life and all that stuff. But then I, then I began to realize in Bible college that he's always working, never stops. And then the next big idea that this is on, God invites us, listen very carefully, God invites us to join him in this work. Doesn't that just blow your mind? That, that, that God, I mean, as insignificant as we think we are, as imperfect as we are, God invites us to do these good works in people's lives. He invites us to join him. We looked at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, that uh, uh, we are his master created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So he's working, that verse teaches us two things, and we talked about that. It teaches us that God is working in us. All right, God is working in us and building our character and developing us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. But he's also working through us to touch other people's lives. So not only is he doing these great things, but he invites us because he wants to work in us and 
through us. We are created for good works. This is all Bible stuff. Okay? So, he wants to work in us, and he wants to work through us. Again, just some review. And we think, you ever thought this? Can insignificant Tim Fleener, is that important? As can, can I hinder the work of God? Can I hinder the work of God? Or can I advance the work of God? We learned a couple of weeks ago, last time we were together, that Peter hindered the work of God, didn't he? He was the one standing in the way of Jesus going to the cross. He, Jesus literally said, Peter, you are a hindrance to me. So we can be a blessing or we can help God on what he wants to do in us and through us or we can literally hinder him, especially this one. We can hinder what God wants to do in us. Amen? We can't. I mean, we do that all the time, don't we? He's working in us. He wants to transform us. And we say, Lord, not that area. That room right there, Lord, that's mine. Right? Okay? So we want to get, we want to be positive. We want to get rid of that stuff. Okay? That hinders the work of God. So this morning, we're going to talk specifically about faith. We're going to talk about faith. So get your notes out as we go through this. We can hinder the work of God when we lack faith. All right. So so we want to turn that around. We want to to work together because the Bible says in 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 first Corinthians chapter three, verse nine, that we are co-labors together with God. We want to work with God in the good works that he wants to use us to do to to work in people's lives. So so our lack of faith can either propel the work of God or it can hinder the work of God. That's what we're going to look into this morning. Okay, I can hinder the work of God by my lack of faith or I can propel and, and, and allow God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Okay, you know, by my failure to believe that God can transform my marriage, okay, my, my failure to believe that he's big enough to jump in my marriage and just transform it to be all that it can be, that lack of faith, that failure to believe can hinder the work of God in my family. All right? My failure to believe that God can jump in my family's life and reach that one that is rejecting and not trusting Jesus Christ. I mean, my failure can stop God from moving and working in a loved one's life that I want to be saved. I mean, it's all through Scripture. My lack of faith can hinder God from, from healing that emotional brokenness that I have as a child. How many had a rough childhood? Just raise your hand. How many don't want to say? Okay, if you... What are you raising your hand for back there? Fleener. Come on. Okay, so, so we, we, we've all had this, this brokenness as we go. And, and, and we're emotional. Sometimes we're emotional damaged goods. And, and, and our lack of belief that God can step in with these principles and heal us, that lack of faith keeps us from the Word, keeps us from applying the principle, and it keeps God from doing what He wants to do. How about forgiveness? Yeah. I mean, we, we carry some baggage along with us. God wants us to be set free. He wants, to set, wants us to set other people free so that we will be set free. And our lack of faith that God can change our hearts hinders God from stepping in and moving and working. Fantastic forgiveness. So that you can look at that person, you can go in the same restaurant and you see him and you say, hey, you rover, give him a hug because you forgave him. 
rather than trying to get out of that restaurant and run home. Okay, God can deliver us. Our lack of faith, listen very carefully, our lack of faith that God can do all things, our lack of faith hinders Him from taking our 90% of our money and stretching it, stretching it, and God can do, our lack of faith that God can do more with our 90 than we can do with 100 hinders the work of God. We, we think, I can't give you 10. I just can't trust God with 10. I want my whole 100. Well, what happens is we, because we, we don't have faith that God can do that, we only, you know, we hinder. Can I hear an amen? We hinder the work of God. I mean, God is doing amazing things in this church. Is he not? All right. He's doing great things. This last week, we had a girl that's been coming for several weeks. Um, Judy got together with her, and guess what? She got saved transformed i think she's back there working with the kids today good stuff so our lack of faith can hinder the work of god let me let me just give you this principle i wasn't able to get it on the screen all right so but write this down your faith simple statement your faith is an essential part to seeing god's work done your faith is an essential part an essential part of seeing God's work done. All right, so let's jump into three examples of this. Okay. Three examples of how we need to turn our faith and grow our faith and increase our faith so that we can allow God to work in us and through us. That's the goal. In us so that we're transformed and we begin to think like Christ, we begin to feel and we begin to step aside and let God work. So, so we're going to jump in the scripture. We're going to talk about faith. And even though we're all over the place in the scripture, we're still talking about the same thing, faith. So let's jump into it. three examples. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 22, it talks about a, a lady that had an issue of blood, Okay. She had this disease and she had spent all her money going to all these doctors and everything and nothing was done. So she heard about Jesus and she thought, oh, if I just, if I just touch the hem of his garment. Everybody know this story? Just touch the hem. Good thing they didn't have skinny jeans back then, right? You wouldn't have nothing to get a hold of. Okay, if I just touch the, the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. So she hears about Jesus, she hears about the stories and she reaches up, she touches and sure enough, she's healed. Now, now notice what it says. After she said, Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Now, I got this translation because I really like the way it, uh, the NLT, I like the way it, 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 it sounded. But it makes us think that it was her faith that made her well. Okay? If you read the whole story, the Bible says that as Jesus was walking, he felt glory he felt power leave his body and that's when he turned around and see it wasn't the faith that made her whole in and honestly it was the power of the living god that made her whole here's what it was her faith she brought to the table that opened up the power of god and released the power of god in her life jesus the one healed her but the the faith was that she brought faith to the table if she would have brought faith to the table, she would have never been healed because there was all kinds of people clamoring and touching on Jesus. Not a one of them was healed. 
She was. She brought faith to the table, and guess what? She was healed. We, we need to bring faith to the table. We want our faith to grow by leaps and bounds. The second one is two, um, Matthew chapter 9, just down a few ways in verse 29. We have another story about two blind men. They followed Jesus, and they were saying over and over again, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on us and heal us. They were blind. And so Jesus touched them, and they both could see again. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your what? What does that say? Because of your faith, it will happen. Okay, they were following Jesus. They were hollering, Jesus, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy on us and heal us. And sure enough, they brought faith to the table. So when Jesus turned around, he said, do you really want to be healed? They said, yes. And sure enough, it will happen. They could see. Illustration. I'm just giving you illustrations of faith in Scripture. Jesus goes to his hometown. Okay? The next one is in Mark 5 and 6. Jesus goes to his hometown. It's like us going back to our places where we grew up. How many like to do that? I love going back to Beach Grove. Matter of fact, on our 30th anniversary, I took Judy back to the very corner that she rejected me all those years ago. I, 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 can't, I just can't get rid of that. I mean, she, I took her to that corner. I wanted to kiss her, and she said no. I wanted to give her, give her my faith promise ring. She said no. I was, I was devastated. So I spent my entire life getting back at her. Amen? All these years. Not really. So I took her back there. I mean, it's just great to go back to those memories. Well, here Jesus goes back to his hometown. Okay? Verses 1 through 5 give us the story. He goes back to his hometown. And when he walked in, all the people recognized him and said, Jesus. And he's preaching in the temple. And they come to the temple and they see Jesus preaching. And they're all, they're all flabbergasted. Who are you that you would teach us? You don't, you don't have no degree. You don't have no education. Who are you to be teaching us? You are the son. Uh, we know your history. And Joseph's not around. You're that carpenter. Who do you think you are teaching us? This was their attitude. And then they started naming, you have, you have your brothers are with us. And Joseph, and then he names the other three. And then it says, and your sisters. So he at least had two sisters. So here we go. Okay. If anybody says that Jesus didn't have any step brothers and sisters, guess what? Ah, hello. If anybody says that Mary didn't have any kids, what do you say? Hello, we stand on the book. We don't stand on the, the pastor's teaching. We don't stand on doctrine of mankind. We stand on the what? book okay so so here they're naming his brothers and they say and your sisters well, they're here with us too this is what jesus said this is very important to understand this and because of their unbelief he could not he couldn't do any did a few but he couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except now nah, he puts his hands on a few sick and killed them <laughs> just a few of them okay let's go to matthew it talks about the same thing there uh okay so so he was amazed there but let's go let's go to this one it says because i really like how it puts it here and he did not do many mighty works there and this spe says specifically because of their what say it with me 
unbelief. All right? Unbelief. So Jesus goes to the hometown to do many mighty miracles, but because they're unbelief. So, so do we need faith? Do we need to bring faith to the table? L- let's put this up on the screen because this is, this is where we want to get to. All right? Miller said this. He said, such unbelief, talking about the unbelief that we're talking about, such unbelief closes the channels of grace and mercy. Let's stop there. God's full of grace and he's full of mercy. He's full of love. He's full of kindness. I I don't want anything stopping the channels from there to here. Nor do I want anything that God has to offer to stop with me and not go to my children and not go to my family members. I don't want to be the clog that stops in the conduit of the power of God. That's what it says. He says, now this is just a man speaking, but it says, so the only, so only that a trickle gets through to the human lives in need. I, I, I personally, you're here this morning. You're here for a reason. You want to hear from God, right? Everybody want to hear God, okay? Okay, so we all want to hear from God. And we all want the power, the grace, and the mercy of God to flow through us and not to trickle. We're all here. We're all on the same boat. So what we need to do is elevate our faith because none of us want a trickle going through the hose. I don't know about you, but I want, I want the power of God to be so powerful. It's like a, it's like a fireman's hose, right? I don't want my car hose, right? You know, where you wash your car. I don't want that little bitty thing. I want the big, I, I just, my life, I want to be that fire hydrant with the power of God. I mean, I can't afford the power of God to go frickly for my kids. I can't allow the power of God to be just a trickle for my, my wife, for my neighbors, for my friends, for my relatives. They need to experience, if God is working in me and through me, that through me, I need it to be powerful amen none of us want to be the trickle okay one more illustration okay mark chapter 9 now this is the guy had his demon possessed son and, and and he came to the to jesus now we really relate with this guy okay most of us relate with this guy not that he had a demon possessed son all right now you might have a demon possessed son I mean, if you want me to do it, <laughs> a couple of people raise their hand back there. All right, we can, you're probably going to call me and say, hey, can we have a Sunday morning where we do an exorcist? No, we're not, all right? We'll come to your house or somebody else will come to your house. But anyway, where was I at? So I had this demon possessed none, thank you. And so um, came to Jesus, and, he's, and he's, the demons are always casting him in the fire and trying to kill him. And, and notice what he says. The spirit often throws him in the fire or in the water, trying to kill him. And this one says, have, now, now follow this, okay? Have mercy on us, not just the son, but us, and help us. Now notice those next three words. If you can. Isn't that interesting? Let's go to the next verse, okay? And so this is Jesus' response, okay? What do you mean, if I can? Isn't that good? I mean, Jesus is like, uh, uh, hold on. Do you not know who I am? 
Can, can you see a little bit? Of, Jesus, I'm the one, the place, the stars. What do you mean if I can? I, I, I the stars. Not only did I hang them and place them, I named them. And I keep them continually in their, I, I keep them going. I'm the one that breathed breath into the first man. The breath of life. And he became a living. Can, can you, can you see this conversation? Oh, what do you mean? I am one that divided the Red Sea and all the Israel walked on dry ground. It's fantastic. What do you mean? If I can. Then he says this. This is fantastic. Anything is possible to a person if a person believes. Now, here's the first thing. There's a couple of things I want to say here. First of all, he shifts it from Jesus. He says, if you can, like it's all dependent on Jesus. And Jesus shifts it back. It's all about what? If you believe. So Jesus shifts it off of himself. I mean, this is, this is weird for us doctrinally. He shifts it off himself and he puts, or, uh, puts it off Jesus and he puts it on himself. Everybody see that? Now, we don't want to talk about that. Well, the reason it didn't happen because I didn't have enough faith. That's a whole, I mean, if you follow that through, that leads to, to uh, uh, a doctrine that's incorrect. However, there's so much truth here that if God wants to do something, I mean, especially here, he says, listen, it's possible. Now, notice what Jesus says or what this guy says, his response to Jesus. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So the guy had some belief, didn't he? 50-50 maybe, 40-60, all right, 80-20. I mean, who knows what he had? But he's crying out, Lord, I believe. I, I realize it's on me, but help me with my unbelief. Now, we relate to this guy, really relate to him, because before he came to Jesus, did anybody know where he went first? He went to the disciples. He went to the disciples and asked Asked them if they could heal and they could not. The reason we relate so well with this guy is how many of us prayed in faith and believing one time? I mean, this guy went to the disciples, couldn't do it. And so now he comes to Jesus. Uh, they couldn't do it. The, the, the homies that you were running, they can't do it. So, so I'm not sure if you can't. Can you see that? I'm not sure. He was disappointed over here. Now he comes to the Lord and said, I'm just not sure if you can. Don't we relate to that? The reason sometimes we struggle is because we've been there before. How many of us have had a time in your life when you, you knew you had faith? I mean, you just, you knew that this was the will of God. And you prayed and you prayed and you knew God was going to come through. And all of a sudden, boop, the heavens were silent. How many have been there? Man, I remember that. I was there, I was there, I don't know. 20 years ago, man, I, there was something going on. I said, Lord, I know you can step in. Maybe 25 years ago, I know you can do this. I, I just, and I believed. And every day at a certain time, I prayed for like half an hour. Went back to my office and I walked. I knew God was going to come through. Walked and I prayed and I believed and, and just trusted God. And guess what? What I thought was going to take place and what I was trying to stop, it happened. I was devastated. God, where were you? I mean, for a long time, I was, I was broken. Until... I'm studying one day, reading it, and all of a sudden he showed me, no matter what you think, no matter what you believe, I had other plans. 
I'm believing, I'm trusting God, and I think it's going to come through. And God says, I have other plans for that moment. See, God has your life all planned out. And sometimes the things you're see exactly, you do have faith, you're trusting God, but he's saying, oh, I just can't give that to you because I want you to go through here because what happened to me, what took place over there, caused me to grow. I mean, my intimate walk with God escalated after God didn't answer that prayer. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about my, my preaching, my church. I'm, I'm talking about my personal walk with God over this tragic thing that God didn't answer, and that's more valuable than anything. Our intimacy with God. So, so understand that we have to bring faith to the table. Even when we bring faith to the table, we're trusting God. He still has the ultimate control. He's He's God of the universe, and and. and and he's the one that says, uh, what do you mean, if I can? Your life is all planned out. We, we, so now we get into the message. Amen? Okay, I'm just teasing. We're going to talk about how to elevate your faith. All right, we've got three thoughts. Good stuff, all right? That was to show you that, hey, we all need to elevate our faith. Is there anybody here that has arrived in your faith? How many are a far cry short in your faith level? How many are just sleeping? Okay, so let's just practice this. On the count of one, three. Much better. Okay, three thoughts. Where are we at? Hey, man, we got plenty of time. Look at your notes there. Number one, how do we increase our faith? Number one, focus on who God is. Sounds reasonable, right? I mean, just it just it just sounds good. Okay. Another scripture. We're talking about faith. In Luke chapter 17, verses 5 and 6, notice what it says. The apostle said to the Lord, Show us how to what? Increase our faith. So here we are. We want to know how to increase our faith. Notice what the Lord said. If you have faith, even as a small, as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and thrown into the sea and it will obey you. Isn't the Lord funny? I mean, Lord, how to increase our faith? Well, let me give you three thoughts. One, two, and three. No, he, he says, go in the woods and talk to the trees. Did you catch that? I mean, he says, go and talk to the mulberry trees, and guess what? They're going to obey you. Now, let's just add a mustard seed up here. It's a sermon prop. I don't have one, of course. But if I had one, of course, they do sell them at Walmart. I did look. Okay? You couldn't see it. Okay? So why would he use a grain of mustard seed? Look at the next screen. I think this is... John Piper really puts this well. Put the John Piper quote up there, if you would. You got that? You don't have John Piper? All right, let me quote it to you. It says, by referring to a tiny mustard seed, listen very carefully, after being asked about the increase your faith, he deflects attention away from the quantity of faith 
to the object of faith. Let me say it again. By referring to the tiny mustard seed, he deflects their attention from the quantity of faith to the object of faith. He calls them to focus on Jesus and not on their faith. Well, what happens when you begin to focus on the Lord rather than on your faith and trying to just increase? What happens when you begin to focus on Him? When you begin to focus on Him, several things begin to happen. Mainly, your faith is increased by leaps and bounds. Think about the one who... You, you focus on the one who divided the Red Sea. You focus on the one who, who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Think about that. When they threw the three in the fire, they looked in and they saw how many in the fire? Four. Jesus was walking in the midst of the burning fire. He, he delivers the blind. As we focus on Jesus Christ, our faith automatically begins to grow. When we focus on him. And who he is, what he said, how he responded, and the major miracles that he did. Okay, we'll begin to focus on Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, our faith begins to grow. Number two, saturate yourself with the Word of God. Okay, saturate your minds with the Word of God. What is the Word of God? It's the testimonies of God. All right, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So, again, I always say this, but you're young in the Lord. You can't, you can't get away from this if you want to grow. You have to saturate your mind with the Word of God. Because when you begin to mold over, which means you have to memorize, you can't carry around your Bible every day and have it open while you're working. You need to memorize it because when you memorize it, listen very carefully, then you can also meditate upon it. That means you just go over and over and over in your mind. Years ago, I put to memory Psalms 23. Now, where do you normally hear Psalms 23? Funerals. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand that. Is that the only place we need comfort? The only time we ever need comfort? This psalm is not just for funerals. As a matter of fact, it's for every day. And when we begin to saturate our minds with the Word of God, then we begin to really focus on who God is. Let's just think this. Okay, again, I, I remember years ago. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Whoa. The Lord is my shepherd. And you begin to meditate, and you begin to think about that. What does that say to you? I mean, honestly. And I shall not want. He's my shepherd. I'm his lamb. No matter what I go through, he's got it. Isn't that a shepherd? I mean, sheep are pretty what? Pretty dumb. Okay? So they have to be taken care of. They have to be watched out for. And so when you think of, my God, I'm his shepherd. He's literally got it. No matter what I go through, he's got it. So, so I... I the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, when you think about a sheep, I mean, green pastures is they're feasting. That's where they feast. But they get to rest in luscious green fields. So rest. He leads me beside the still waters. He refreshes me. All right? My God not only is watching out for me, but he's also 
feeding me and he's given me rest. What else does it say? He what? Restores. How many people need to be restored sometimes? How many people have a rough day? A rough week? All right. When the Huskers lost a couple of weeks ago, it was devastating. These, these two right here from our last church in Nebraska. All right. Wave your hands. Say, hi. Hi. I'm a, I'm a corn husker. Amen. Good people. Good people. <clears throat> Most of the time. He calls me Steve every now and then. I don't know what that's about. All right. But he restores. He, he, he literally revives us. We need that because we have some bad days. He leads me in the path of righteous for his namesake. Now, we, he gives us a purpose. That's what that's. He, he, so as, I'm just simply saying, as you begin to meditate upon the word of God, when you when you saturate your mind, it literally means something. I mean, I have a purpose. And and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fulfill no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You set a table in, in the presence of my. Uh, that's my favorite. OK, when the enemy is is coming down on me, my God's got it. I mean, he's right there in, in their presence as they're pounding on me. He's, he's setting a table for me to feast at. So instead of us going, oh, Satan is killing me. Understand what God's doing. <laughs> he's setting a table, a feast in the presence of my enemies, and he's anointing my head with oil. And when we begin to focus on him rather than the circumstances and knowing that he's going to turn those circumstances around for my good, my cup runneth over. You see, the perspective begins to shift. Everybody see that? The per- per- perspective shifts from woe is me is wow is me. I got this great shepherd. He's got it. And he's doing all this in the midst of what I think is this horrible stuff. He's doing all of this. He's going to turn around all of the things that are taking place for my good and for his purpose and his glory. That's just simply from saturating. Just one chapter that we, we, we never go to, we never look at, because all oh, that's for funerals. But this is so powerful. But this isn't the only powerful. The scriptures are all God's breathed words to you, to me. So no matter what we go through. Put to us Jeremiah 32. Look at this. Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power. And by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. We need faith brought to the table so we can experience the power in us and through us number three exercise your faith exercise your faith i i I, again we're all testament because we're talking about instances of faith remember when peter will walked on water okay he 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 jumped out on the water the lord was walking on water he said bid me come to you jesus had come and he stepped out he's the only one in in history that's ever walked on water the only one he, he pushed himself past that point of his capability. So that's what, that's what you do when you exercise, right? Uh, I, I go to the gym all the time, and the guy's always telling me, every time I go to Mitch, 
He's always telling us, Slinger, you gotta, you gotta be sore when you leave here. You gotta be sore. I said, I don't like soreness. He said, well, you're, 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 you're never gonna get where you wanna be if you don't. I hate squats. How many like squats? One person, how many hate squats? I mean, yeah, squats are terrible because you're getting up more. I mean, literally, this morning I'm laying, why? Because Mitch pushed me past the point of my ability. All right. Just pushes. I hate that guy. He just pushes and pushes and pushes. All right. Why? What happened here? Well, let's, let's get the background here. This happened just after the feeding of 5,000. Grab a hold of that. The feeding of the 5,000. 5,000 men plus women and children. So can you imagine what took place? Uh, Lord, no, we can't. We only have five loaves and two fishes. There's no way we can feed 15,000 people. But the Lord said, hey, have them all sit down in 50s and 100s and have them all sit down and you guys are going to serve them. Can you imagine how many trips Peter made? Oh, where'd this come from? Oh, where did... what? What, can you imagine how his faith was stretched and all of a sudden he's in a boat he sees Jesus on the walk in the water with all of that he says hey hey bid me come everybody see that it pushed Peter past his ability to the point where he's the only one that ever walked on water. fantastic stuff we got to stretch our faith attempt to do things you normally wouldn't do the tip big things for God. And of course you are right now. I mean, you're involved at real life. I mean, you know how many people, how many people are just watching this church? I, this is my eighth one, okay? They're on the outside watching. I mean, I'm talking about believers that are, that are you know, what we would call mature. They're on the outside watching. And if we grow and God blesses, they're going to jump in. But they're on the outside looking in. You guys are on the foundation of something that's going to win people to Christ for years and years and years and years to come. You are involved in something big. All the churches in Nebraska, they're still winning people to Christ. I mean, church plants that are planted right where their focus is reaching what? Unchurched the lost. And if that remains our focus for years, even when we're gone, so get involved. Get involved. Do something big for God. Okay, so let's go back to the first thought. Okay? Your faith, my faith, can hinder or help the work of God. Foundation truth. Okay? Can't escape it. Okay? It can help God do His work in us and through us. So do we want to God do the work? Do we? I mean, I know, I know it's, it, it, it's mind-boggling to think that God's work can be hindered by little old me. I mean, seriously, it, it, it's hard to believe that that is a possibility. But the Bible says we're co-laborers together with God. And we know that when we're not in the Word, we're hindering God from working in our lives, right? We are. And when we're not in the Word, we're not in the Spirit to help our marriage. We're not in the right Spirit to help our families. We're not in the right spirit to help our neighbors. We're just not where we need to be when we're not in the book. So, so we understand that, that we can, but do you want to be the individual where God's mercy and God's love and God's power just trickles, trickles in you and through you? Are you satisfied? 
I do not believe that you are. You're me. You are here this morning. <coughs> And you want the power of God, the love of God, the mercy of God to flow through you rather than trickle through you. And so, so this morning, why don't we just, as a church, why don't we just go to God and say, God, increase my faith. Help me to make application this morning. Help me to focus, saturate, and exercise. Now, there's a lot of other ways that you can, you can increase your faith. But these are three we brought to the table this morning. God, help me. To increase my faith. Not that you want to walk, walk on water, but you want God to, to flow through you to get your kids to realize how big your God is and that, that your God becomes their God. Not that their God is my mom and dad's God and I follow. No, that, that God becomes their God. And the same with the spouse. Same with your neighbors. Same with the family members. We need to let God flow through us. So what we do is, let's all stand this morning. The band comes this morning. We're going to have an invitation this morning. And if you want to, when the band starts to play, if you want God to literally, His love and His mercy and His grace and His power flow through you, flow in you, work in you, and work through you, we're just going, to, just going to have a time of prayer up here. Give you an opportunity to cry out to God. Yes, you can do it in your seats, and that's fine, but I'm going to be down here. If you want to join me, that's fine. If not, just pray in your, your, your chairs. And ask God to work in your heart and that the, flow, the, the, the faucet will be turned off full. And ask God to help you to stop hindering Him. Help God... To, Ask God to help you to bring your faith to the table so that His power can work. And you cry out as that man did, because we all struggle. God, I believe. Help my unbelief.